the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and as always, I tell you, I'm so glad that you've joined me today. And I do have a very special guest. This is Cherry Fuller, and she is an author, and truly, she a very prolific author. She is, has authored up to 45 different books, and she has a, a book also that is called What a Son Needs from His Mom. And that's not the one we're talking about today, but I think it would be really important for women to know this. And moms to know that. And she's a former Oklahoma Mother of the Year. She's worked with kids of all ages and is the executive director of a nonprofit organization called Oklahoma Messages Project. And she and her husband, Holmes, live in Oklahoma, have three grown children and six wonderful grandchildren. So that's amazing. And uh, Cherry, I'm so glad to have you on today. And the book that you're doing with me today is new. It just came out April 1st, so I'm glad to, to be one of the first people you get to talk about with this. And well, thank it you, is, Cynthia. yes, it's What a Girl Needs from Her Mom. So, a very timely book, I think. Well, things are certainly changing rapidly in the world around us, and I know mothers love their daughters and so much and want to be able to give them the best growing up years they can. So, what, what was the impetus of this book? Well, um, I would say, and and people know that in the book, anyone who's read this book knows that I'm very vulnerable about sharing my mistakes. I, I don't I don't put myself out there as the perfect mom. I think we all do the best that we can, and we learn as we grow. And um, I I I particularly wanted to write this because I think there's some situations today with the digital world, with how captivating social media can be to mothers and to daughters, Um, some things that I really wanted to address, and also the whole issue of not over-parenting our girls, um, but helping them grow up with confidence. Those are all important issues, and, and, and other ones like uh, a mom who prays for her daughter and helps build her daughter's faith that are just crucial in the world we live in today. I think it is really powerful. I, you know, I'm amazed at what our girls are continuously assaulted with in terms of what they think is expected of them, um, how quickly they are having to grow up, how very sophisticated they are, you know, right. about what they know. And there's not a whole lot of naivete 
you know, that at least not the naivete that you and I may have grown up with. Right, so, and, and the adult-child um, boundaries have really blurred. Yes, so they that have. So a lot of children, uh, even very young children, have been exposed to things that, you know, a few, de- few just a few years ago or decades ago, um, they didn't even hear about till they were, you know, teenagers or exactly. adults, exactly. young adults. Well, it's in, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I know in my practice, I'm having to reintroduce those types of boundaries with parents and help them to understand that that, that having a private life as an adult is very healthy. It doesn't mean you're being secretive and, and that right. there are, you know, there are things that, that we really don't want children to be knowing because it has nothing to do with them. We would rather them work on who they are and what they're trying to figure out and how they're becoming themselves and growing up and not this amazing amount of information they know about adult living. That's right. And and I think often today um, we burden children with things that are just way over their emotional capacity to deal with. And it may be a child, maybe a, your daughter talks like a grown-up, but she's still a child, you know, and... If we burden them too much with adult things, I mean, they lose they lose out on just being a kid. Well, that's a really important point because, you know, when we talk about these kids that are highly intelligent or precocious kids, I say to them, you know, they can have the intellectual conversation with you and maybe get the concepts. But like you're saying, the emotional burden, what it does to them when, when they are trying to do their life and they're trying to juggle that information with who they think they are, who they should be, or how they're managing what they're perceived like is is very complicated for them. Well, it is, but you know the mother-daughter relationship um is just a very special gift from God. We yes. had Mother's Day yesterday. Um it's intense, it's personal, it's complex, <laughs> it's unique, and when your daughter was born, moms, you had hundreds of hopes and dreams for her including that one day you would be dear friends when she grew up. But um, the dynamic of the mother-daughter relationship changes constantly, and the book really begins, I begin with when, you're, when your daughter is a baby and you're trying to really uh, bond with her and connect with her, and then it goes through all the seasons until she graduates from high school. I really like the way the book is laid out because I think it really helps people. You know, you can kind of pick up the book and get a little bit and put it down and then pick it back up again. And so well, it, that's what I hope, <laughs> Cynthia, yes. um, because, uh, and I hope they won't give the book away. I mean, if you're giving it as a gift, that's great. But right, if exactly. you're a mom of a daughter, it will really carry you through when she graduates from high school and maybe even beyond. Like there's a chapter on helping your daughter manage her emotions, and you know, because there's a lot of drama with that comes for, at least for a lot of girls, with being a girl. And... Um, each chapter is a need that a daughter has that, by God's grace, moms can meet. And so I'm hoping, and, and, and the feedback I'm getting is it's very encouraging to moms. Well, I, I am really encouraged about your book because, you know, you have six grandchildren. And I think I'm so inspired that you are able to help about, you know, technology and social media. Because I think what we've missed is the idea of the wealth of knowledge that people maybe, you know, over, you know, 45, 50 and 60 really do have. And that that's really how God intended for it to be, that we have some life, you know, behind us and some 
some mistakes that we have made in some understanding. And so even though, you know, some of the the concrete things may be different in our society, you know, the literal things, the concepts remain the same. People are still people and people girls are still people. and they still need their moms. Girls are still girls. Moms are still moms. And they need their moms. They need their moms. And so, you know, one of the chapters is a girl needs a mom who listens with her heart. Who, another chapter is a mom who's present and engaged. A mom who helps her daughter navigate the digital world is chapter five. That's a very important area today because, you know, even a 16-year-old, you wouldn't let your 16-year-old wander around in a big city in dark alleys in the middle of the night. Right. But that's what we're doing when we're not providing boundaries and we're not having any supervision on our daughters at whatever age they are on their internet use because um, the internet is, the big wide web is like a dark alley. Yes, it is. It's like a big, <laughs> and it's like New York City. Some, <laughs> yeah, and there's some good uses for it. Certainly, you know, being able to, your daughter to text you and let you know she's going to be home late or for you to be able to call her and, and say you're going to be late picking her up or whatever it is, there's, there are good things. We know there are. You know, you can Google anything, and I still think it's best to look things up in books. I, I think right. that's better for one's brain and curiosity. Yes. But but yet, uh, there are, you know, doors that, you know, remember the old game shows, door number one, door number two, door number three? Yes. Well, uh, there's some doors that really uh, we should not let our girls open, and, and our boys, too. I... I I share in the book that I have friends who are counselors um, in different parts of the country, and and they're seeing a trend of having, uh, you know, moms with their middle school and junior high boys and girls who are addicted to pornography already. I know. At that age I know. It's very. It's very frightening. Phone. So um, it's not a it's not a scare tactics book or anything like that. It's just that particular chapter is about you know. Ha- Letting you know, equipping you to know how you can help manage your daughter's uh, digital world so that she can be safe and uh, and you can be the mom. Well, and I, I really appreciate a lot of the heart of your book in terms of how transparent you are because I have a lot of compassion on moms these days. You know, it's really hard to prioritize every single thing you need to do and then really be on top of parenting. And and I know that parents feel badly that they like things, you know, fall between the cracks and they might not have handled this and they maybe should have done this. And and, and I think that, you know, you give a, a great way to really hone in and focus on the majors, you know, and and recognize that parents are so burdened these days just with life. It's a very different life than what I, what I grew up with. It's a very stressful time. Yes. But even if a mom just took one chapter a month and just, read it and talked about it with her friends. There are questions here that you could talk about with a mom's group or mm-hmm. or by email or Facebook, even with a friend across the country who's a mom. And um, so uh, you don't have to take it. You don't have to take it all. You can take it in bites. Right. And, and it really is to help and support. It's not, you know, it, I mean, I love the tone of the book. It isn't like you should be doing this or you should be not be doing that. It really is you helping women to understand the role of a mom and how difficult it is, but how beautiful it is. Well, it is beautiful. That <laughs> is true. And mother love is yes. very powerful. I think sometimes we 
minimize or don't realize really the impact and the influence that we have as a mother. Um, certainly mother love transforms a woman as we make room in our life for another person that we're going to love passionately and yes. be resp- feel responsible for the rest of her life. And that's our child, of course, our daughter. But uh, mother love also it impacts our children so much. And you're the primary role model for your daughter. Um, and uh, with your prayers, I mean, you're impacting not only her whole life, but her children and her children's children and the next generation. And, and that's very exciting and very, very um, amazing and positive. Well, and I think that that's a lot of what we want women to know is that they really do have have a great role to play. And, and the, the things they do with daughters, you know, it's great to have a professional life. I have a professional life, and I like being successful in my professional life. But what you do as a mom is far-reaching generationally. And, and it's, it's, you know, very difficult to quantify the, the ripple effect that moms have. So we're coming up here on a break, and Cherry, thank you for being with me today. And listeners, um, join me again in the next segment with Cherry Fuller with this wonderful book, What a Girl Needs from Her Mom. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today. I have with me a very special guest. Her name is Cherry Fuller. She has authored up to 45 different books, and her newest one out is called What a Girl Needs from Her Mom. Now, if you have not been able to listen to this show in its entirety, I encourage you to go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. So, Cherry, thank you. I'm glad you're here today. And we kind of left off on this idea about how powerful the role of a mom is, and maybe sometimes it gets a little minimized. And um, right. t- talk to me a little bit about this, this one chapter about a mom who listens with her heart. What does that mean? Well, if you can remember when your children are little, how we... So we're so very proactive about bonding and connecting with our babies. We know it's important. Um, We know that, um, as I share, that a lot of a child's emotional security is established in those first two years, um, and primarily by the mother, of course, by the dad and the grandparents, but but that the most powerful influence, the most indelible imprint is, uh, through that bonding, the way we cuddle and kiss and reassure and teach and comfort and love, all those things that normally come come naturally and gives our kids a healthy emotional start. But then, because of the busyness and the driven lifestyle and the digital distractions all around us, um, moms, uh, I think today it's a little harder to really listen to your children and really connect with them, but that's what they need through every stage. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're middle school or they're a teenager or even if they're already in college, they still need to have a healthy connection with their mom. And um, and I think, uh, you know, we can talk in a little bit about some of the hindrances, like the distraction of digital devices, but I think one of the things that 
certainly our daughters need is just a mom who will sit down with them when they want to talk and really listen to them. I start this chapter out with a wonderful a quote I really like that says, we could put 10-foot banners around the house reminding our children how much we love them or how special they are, and yet these will have far less impact than a simple act of truly listening. And I, don't you love that? I do. And, you know, I, I love I love it when people do quotes. So I loved all the quotes in front of all your chapters. Well, so, thank you. Yeah, this is a really, that's a very powerful one. Well, and, and uh, you know, research really shows that, that we have a greater impact on people by how we listen more than how we talk. And so, but, yeah, and my job, I do that for a living. And that's so right, it, it's a, a listener. It's very, well, very true. However, the problem is if we're so busy or distracted on a regular basis that we don't listen when our girls are young, before long we'll turn around a few times and their legs will be longer and their shoe sizes will pass ours. And their schedule will be so absolutely hectic with academics and sports and friends because, you know, they do start to gravitate to their friends when they're in exactly. preteen and teenagers that we'll almost have to make an appointment with them to spend time talking. So if we want to have a, a strong relationship when our girls are, are getting older and in middle school and high school, it's just important to have a pattern of listening to them and letting them know that we're not going to cut them off. We're not going to judge them. Um, I give a few uh, a few little tips or roadblocks to avoid to help us listen with our heart and as moms. And one is just not to give advice before we hear our daughter out, because uh, counselors say moms can sometimes can can't have a whole conversation with their children and teens without teaching, reminding, belittling, scolding, or cautioning. So right. Right. Well, first hearing her out before you give advice really helps her to know you're listening with your heart. I uh, The next one is really tough. I I have been guilty of finishing my children's sentences, and I had to work on that through the years because nothing shuts down our communication faster than not being able to complete her own thoughts and sentences. And then another one, which I also had, I was very, very challenged in this area, was uh jumping in with positive thoughts to cheer our daughter up when she's expressing sadness or anger before we ever hear her out. And, oh, my, have ha- I've just, I had to learn, I think as moms, we want, our, we want our daughters or our sons, we want them to feel better. We don't want them to be sad. So sometimes we just jump in and, and we start telling them all the reasons they ought to be grateful and cheerful when really they're hurting inside. You know, it may be something that happens at school or on the playground or with a friend they were rejected by. But um, it's just been important for me to learn and I think for moms to learn to restrain our positivity a little bit while we hear them out first. I I do think that is tough. It's hard to listen when what you're hearing is disturbing or painful or you feel like you have an answer and you so want to fix their pain. It's very difficult to just let them talk to you because that's really where the bonding occurs. It is. It uh, is. And actually, you know, I think we can handle their pain. I mean, we can listen to their pain. And even in the moments we are listening to their sad, sad emotions or their pain or hurt, that we can be 
silently offering that up and bringing that to God. Absolutely. Because they need a safe place to be able to share that. It's one of the most it's one of the most difficult things kids deal with today and teenagers and especially girls is not having a safe place they can share their angst and their sad feelings and their questions and and moms we need to be that safe place or even their mistakes because sometimes they're so you know we're so ready to jump in and and you know tell them why they shouldn't have done that or oh my gosh or come up with a solution to fix it that we don't give ourselves time to relax and say tell me how that happened or tell me what you were thinking when you did that right or tell me what what might be learned from right exactly or how i can help you even right yeah, it's really, it's tough when it's someone you are that connected and, and even, or even moms that maybe haven't been able to connect really well. That makes it even harder sometimes when you're not connected and you don't know how to deal with that moment. So I like right. how you kind of explain this. You kind of give, you know, specific ways to talk, specific ways to be with them. And and I think it's really, really helpful because, you know, daughters these days, especially the younger they are, they are so sophisticated, especially with social media, that they kind of stop needing us earlier than I, than I think is healthy for them. Mm-hmm. Right. But they still really do. Oh, they, they do. They still really do. They connection. do. <laughs> and I, I've heard from many girls, those in middle school and high school and even younger, who say, what I need most from my mom is love and support and someone to talk to and pour my heart out to and tell everything to without being judged. And what a gift it is when a mom can give her daughter a listening ear. It's, you know, it's one of these things, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this in the next segment as well, this idea of how do I be my daughter's friend without being like her quote-unquote best friend? Because we can't Good be point. at a peer, we can't be a peer with them, but we can be an adult friend. And that's, it's tough to learn how to do that. That's right. And still be the mom. Exactly. And be the parent and still have boundaries. But it is important because... It is. They need a parent, they need a mother uh, more than they need us to be, you know, the best friend. But but then we're building a foundation so that that when we are both adults and your daughter's an adult, that you'll have a great foundation for being adults. Exactly. It'll come before you know it. (laughs) Well, join me in the next segment with Cherry Fuller as we talk with her about her new book, What a Girl Needs from Her Mom. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I am so glad to have you back with us today. We are here with Cherry Fuller and her new book, which is called What a Girl Needs from Her Mom, and how timely is this? We just had Mother's Day and a couple weeks, and so it's really a, a very poignant book that is very current. And what I really like about this book, Cherry, is I like that you are a mom of three grown children with six grandchildren, and you are so current. <laughs> well, thank you. I have to be pretty well, techy to be to be an author in in this day's exactly. world. And so it's really wonderful because you know we've lost some of that. The older teaching the younger, and because some of it is so hard for us to keep on top of what's current. And you you have done a great a great job. Well, thank you. Yeah. And 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 by the way, I know that the best way for me to uh, really get a message to my son, my my two sons, my daughter, my three granddaughters, one of whom is seventeen, and the three grandsons, because they all have iPhones, is, is to text them. I know. I know. Or you know, post, you know. I, I, I brag about my mother all the time. You know, she's 82 and takes herself to the Apple store. Oh, 
Well, I'm not I'm not <laughs> at that age yet. Exactly. But it's so amazing to see she but part of that she she got an iPhone. She is so willing to do that because she so much wants to be in touch with her grandkids. And sure, her kids. yeah. It's all about connection. And, and it's willingness to learn. It's a willingness to learn. Right. You know, and so it's really it's really quite amazing. So here we are. We're talking about this, what a girl needs from her mom. And we were just talking about this kind of can be a conundrum of how do I be her friend but not be her peer? And so how does a mom be a girl, you know, her daughter's friend and not necessarily try to be her peer, like her best friend? Well, I I don't think about, I, I mean, I'll say this. As a mother, my first priority was not being my children's friend, right. but was to build a relationship that would last a lifetime as their mother. And that's a whole different thing. And, you know, if 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 we're just their friend, we don't set boundaries, you know, um, and and it gets and we're more emotionally enmeshed with them like a friend would be a friend would be where i'm sharing my problems with my daughter exactly and, and when when moms do that it it it's not good for our daughter's emotional growth because she needs to be focusing on she needs to be being who she is at the age she is. And if she's, you know, if she's a child, if she's in elementary school or even middle school, she doesn't need to to have to think about my emotional or relational issues as an adult. And that that's another line, you know, that we draw because, you know. Well, it's very, you know, it's, it's very similar to, you know, my patients. So I'm very much their friend, but they're not my friend. And so they're not worried about me. They don't ever have to worry if I'm okay or what's going on in my life or if my life is working or not. Because they're not responsible. Exactly. So I can be very much their friend and listen to all that's going on in their life and be non-judgmental and helpful and a resource and, and still set good boundaries and help them set boundaries. So I can feel very friendly, but I'm still in a position in some ways of authority. And, and I still am an acting as a caregiver so that they're not trying to be my friend. Well, exactly. And they and they need to have that and you know, I've had I've had young young children, I mean as young as third, fourth, fifth grade say, you know, I, I I've try I try to talk to my mom, but it seems like her Facebook friends are more important to right, her right. than me. And, right. And uh, you know, that's the whole distraction of digital devices. I think it's a very, very big issue because it is the top hindrance to being present and engaged with your with your daughter, with your children. And this generation of moms are the most wired, most tech-savvy, most Internet-connected generation of moms in history. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> when there's a compulsive sense of urgency that we have to be on all the time and posting everything and even taking pictures of our kids instead of really being with them, you know, then the question we have to ask is, am I present with the people in my real life or am I not? Am I present with my daughter or with my children? And I share in the book how I was speaking at a at a, a educational conference in California um, a year ago, and, and I was talking with early, uh, early childhood center directors that up to like fifth grade and fifth, I mean up to age five and six and I I'm just always interested in okay, we have about and, we have about one minute so I don't want to cut you off too quickly anyway they just said uh I said well what's the biggest change you're seeing 
in the children. And they said, well, when the moms pick them up, there's no, hi, honey, how was your day? Oh, wow. And they just hop in the car, and she hands them a bag with a meal on the go, and there's and the mother's still on her on her iPhone. She right. doesn't miss a beat. Right. And that the, that those children tend to lack connection and conversation, and well, the, even communication skills skills in the classroom. So it's I address huge. that in the book in some real practical ways. Well, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I am with Cherry Fuller. And you can contact her at www.cherryfuller.com for her new book, What a Girl Needs from Her Mom. Join me in the next segment as we finish with Cherry Fuller. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and today we have Cherry Fuller with us, and her new book is called What a Girl Needs from Her Mom, and I want to make sure you have the information as to how to get a hold of her, how to order the book, because she would love to autograph it for you as well, or you can just order it online, but it is cherryfuller.com, www. and her name is spelled C-H-E-R-I-F-U-L-L-E-R. She also has authored uh, several books, and one of the ones she's also done is What a Son Needs from His Mom. So both of those together would be great uh, books for friends, for girlfriends, for moms, uh, uh, anybody. I mean, they're, they are very helpful books, and I like, really like the way they're laid out. They have wonderful questions at the end of each chapter that are thoughtful and thought-provoking. So, Cherry, thank you. And this is our last segment. It's gone well, so fast you, today. Yes. And so we kind of talked about maybe touching on this idea of, you know, how a mom encourages and builds confidence and understanding her daughter's personality and encouraging, you know, individuality. So what would you like to say about that for our listeners? Well, I would say that I think it's one of the marvelous things about um, about each of us and about each of your children. And even if you, ha- I'm one of five daughters, uh, I'm one of five sisters. Um, and then the youngest was a brother. I called him Prince George because well, that's funny. <laughs> we all we they were awaiting the long-awaited George, my mm, little brother. Got it. But um, each each uh, has each girl has different emotional style, different temperament traits, unique ways of processing information and perceiving the world around her. Some of our girls mature earlier; others are late developers. Some are very laid back and others have intense emotions. And and so if you aim at understanding your unique daughter and what her needs are at different ages, it helps so much in that connection. And that's why I included the chapter. Um, chapter 8 is a girl needs a mom who understands her daughter's personality and encourages individuality. Because then we're not expecting them to be, a, you know, a cookie-cutter version of us. And we are um, just respecting the fact that God's made her and wired her up for his purpose for her life. I think it's very fun and exciting to see our children's personalities unfold and the way they're wired up and the way they process information, you know. And uh, and I think it's just if we can accept them for who who they are and... um, and not fix everything and give them the chances to learn how to problem solve and how to figure things out without us fixing everything will go a long way towards helping them develop. Well, I think, I, you know, I think you make a good point because sometimes, 
you know, we can we can kind of project onto people what we think they should be instead of saying, you know, God, you are the one that designed this person and you've given me this person to nurture their nature, not to determine their nature. Exactly. And exactly. that's tough because sometimes we get kids that are not like us at all. I know. And that we can't <laughs> that we can't really understand right. that I share I share in the book about how one day my daughter, I think she was maybe, I don't know, fourteen or or something. She was certainly old enough to know that she and I are very different. And she turned to me when we were driving in the car and she said, Mom, we're so different. It's like it's like you're vanilla and I'm chocolate. Wow. Uh, you know, but but the good news is that God has given moms the grace and the power to refuel our daughter's heart and mind with regular doses of encouraging words, and no matter how different we are, and they all need it because the truth is sometimes your precious girl may be the target of mean words on the playground or made fun of by other classmates or online, you know, like your clothes don't match or you have big ears or I don't like you. But we have this wonderful opportunity to fill their lives with encouragement and to help them grow up with confidence and hope and a connection with us, their mom. Well, and I, I like the fact that your daughter was able to feel confident enough with you to say that. Well, and it's very true. So I laughed and <laughs> we both laughed about it. But, you know, she was exactly right. She's very insightful. She still is. She's a mom of two boys. Wow. And, um, but, but I think, like I say, I mean, we, the, we have to really watch the words we speak, uh, to our daughters, to our girls and to our boys, and they need to be words that nourish and encourage them. And, you know, there's an interesting principle that kids move away from people who discourage them, but they right, reward right. adults who encourage them. So if you want to build a close, loving relationship with your daughter, encouragement is foundational and uh i give i give readers all kinds of ways to do that but but i will share this one quick one because it it it's very good metaphor it's everybody can understand it that's ever eaten a donut and that's uh is what i call focus on the donut instead of the hole exactly and focus on the donut is what they are doing right the effort they're putting forth even though they didn't make all a's um the talent that you see inside them, the um, hard work that and practice, like your piano recital showed all the practice you put in this semester, instead of saying, well, you're a piano genius and uh, you could be a worldwide player, or if she does well in um, a soccer tournament, instead of saying, you got four goals in the final game and you're going to be an Olympic soccer player, instead keep noticing and focusing on the new skills she's developed, the things she's learned, the efforts. And what will happen is if we focus on what she is doing, not just the outcome, not just the grade or the trophy, but on the efforts, and then they will actually uh, be more motivated. And well, I think you're right. You know, it's like when I work with clients and, I, and especially with men, I, you know, I say, you know, the negative, people are going to move away from the negative. Women, by nature, are different than kids and, and men. We kind of move toward negatives because we want to fix them. But, well, men, but men and children, it's like they really move away. And so if I have to talk about negatives with a kid, because they're so tender still, no matter how tough they appear, they're very tender. You know, and if I'm working with men, I use what, you know, you're calling it a donut, which I love, and I probably will use that. 
I also use a sandwich approach if I have to talk about a negative. So I give a positive, right. then I give a negative, and then I give the positive. Well, and, and people may wonder, well, what is the whole? Right. If you're focusing on the donut, which is what they are doing right, the whole is what they're not yet doing exactly. right. Exactly. That's the 15 points they missed on the math test. And instead of focusing on the, what they missed, focus on, oh, you got five more points than last week. And um, so it's just a principle, but it really It's very helps. helpful because it it's really... very helpful, yeah. And, and also giving them snapshots of what they're becoming. Yes. You know, like, you fed the dog five times this week. That's what I call responsible. That's what I call being responsible. Or you are so good at listening to your friends. And that's what I call being empathetic and compassionate. And they begin to discover who they are and what they're doing by hearing the things we notice. Well, I think it's really amazing when you consider the amount of um, impact you have on a child's life. And it is a great responsibility, you know, and how to do that well. And that's some of what your book is saying is that if you're a mom of a kid, the best thing to do is really get in there and just really be a good mom and really understand really the significance of your relationship and how right. much how much power that has. Right, and to understand what your daughter needs because um, then we have a much better possibility of meeting their needs if we know what their needs are. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and like I said, uh, uh, they all need encouragement and and. The world's full of people that will drain faith and spirit from your kids, but God has given you and me and moms around the world the ability to fight off these enemies with loving words of encouragement. So never underestimate the power of a mom and the power of that relationship and the power of our words. Well, and and also the really understanding, and I think you say this repeatedly in your book about, you know, that the children that God gives you are really for you. Because they he knows are. that you're the one that is the best mom for that kid. I know. Isn't that an amazing privilege? It is, a, it is privilege. amazing. It it's is amazing ama- yes. that God picked you out of all the moms in the world, all the women in the world, to be these children's mother. And sometimes it's confounding because sometimes you might think, why did I get this kid? I don't seem to be like the mom that would be the best for this kid. And it's trusting that God knows exactly what that child needs. Well, and it's knowing that, you know, parenting on our knees is, you know, especially with difficult kids or when we're confounded by a certain stage, is that just means um, calling upon the grace of God, praying every day for that child. The more we pray and ask for God's wisdom with that particular daughter, the more God will give that to us. He promises that in James chapter 1. So, no, all our girls aren't going to respond the same way, but God can give you wisdom for your precious daughter. Right, and really having a heart for them and a heart for their life. Right. And how they are feeling and what they are going through and maybe their hopes and dreams. And even if their hopes and dreams might be, you know, out of proportion for whatever it is you think they can accomplish, it's really coming alongside them mm-hmm. and walking out their life with them. Right, and encouraging our daughters to dream big. Yes, I mean, indeed. Bless- one of the last chapters in the book is how to how to help your daughter dream big. Um, when I was growing up, nobody said to me, you could be a writer. <laughs> nobody said that. They said, uh, you could be a teacher or a secretary or a nurse. Now, those are great <laughs> vocations. Right. And I was a teacher for a long time in high school and college. But, you know, the sky's the limit for girls today. And um, 
being a mother is is a tremendous privilege, but it takes a tremendous amount of grace and love. And grace toward ourselves. Yes, exactly. Um, Viola Davis, uh, who's an actress and a mother, said motherhood is 50 million heartbreaking moments and 100 million joyous ones. Oh, I love that. And it is truly, it, it is truly um, a wonderful thing. Well, you know, I, and I love the idea that we have to remind ourselves that we, at every age, we are relevant because we are trailblazing for our daughters. We're showing them right. what it means to be this age. And they're watching what we do. And They so, are watching. Right. They are listening, whether it's how you talk about your body. Or, right, exactly. Or, and whether you think you weigh too much. And so you're always talking about getting on a diet with right. your, you know, right. your daughter. All those things, our, our role model, our character, what we're projecting, all of those things, they're picking it up. They're listening and they're watching and their moms and their dads. And um, they tend to do what we do instead of what we say. Always. So tell us again how we can get a hold of you. You can go to my website, which is cherryfuller.com, C-H-E-R-I-F-U-L-L-E-R.com. And um, that has lots of information. And uh, I'm pretty out there, and so are my books. <laughs> <laughs> so it has all, like, they can get a hold of all the different books that you have done yes, on that Yes, and site. they can email me through my website, too. That's awesome, because I love it that you want to send them an autographed copy. That's great. Yes, and then on one of my blogs, all they have to do is go back just a few, scroll through, it's on the homepage, is, uh, is things that every child ought to hear and things that every child ought to not hear. And basically, it's it's about using our words as parents and moms to encourage and not beat down our kids. And so they can find that. That's for free. It's it's right on the website. Oh, I love that. I love resourcing. That's wonderful. Well, Cherry, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Well, thank you, Cynthia. It's yes. been a joy to be on your program. Yes, and I'm excited about your book. And I really want to encourage you listeners to really go to her website and check out those resources because she has resources that... Obviously, she's an educated person, but she also has lived it. And so, you know, she has some really amazing just ways of looking at things, different ways to understand part of that whole process and what it really means to be a mom and and the gift of being a mother, but also truly that God loves you moms and loves that he has moms to give children to. So, Cherry, thank you again. Say goodbye well, to our listeners. thank you so much, yes. And people also can just go to Amazon or their local bookstores and they can get the books. And you are a wonderful host. Thank you for having me on your program today. <laughs> well, God bless you and all that he has for you. So, listeners, uh, again, you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com if you have not heard the show in its entirety and you can listen to it completely. You can also visit my Facebook page, which is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's I-N-C for Incorporated. And that has a lot of uh, inspirational, motivational things you can listen to and look at. And so have a we blessed week. And again, moms, we thank you for being moms. And inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.